Hello and welcome to show three of All Back to Bowie's. The, uh, this is a terrific show, uh, all about um, gender politics in India Ref. It's got a very good panel, I think you'll find. It's also got a really um, lovely performance from Gordon McIntyre of Ball Boy. Um, yeah, really, uh, really a lovely polemic as well from Joe Clifford. I think it's a, I think it's a good show, and we're beginning to get into our stride. Um, and Kirsten Innes and uh, uh, Julia Todovan really uh, nailed the present presenting. Uh, we didn't have time to read out the uh, sentences this time, so we'll do that at the end of the podcast. But in the meantime, uh, sit back and enjoy the show. Hello. 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 Welcome, everyone. Thanks for coming. I'm Julia Todovan. I'm Kirsten Innes. And we'll be hosting you today. Uh, thanks so much to you all for taking up David's offer for coming and staying with him in his fantastic guest yurt on the roof of his Manhattan apartment. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Uh, David and a man, they, they, they would, they're going to try and pop in later on today, but Sunday is obviously their pedicure day. So, you know, we need to, yeah, we're, we're hopeful. Yeah, but thanks anyway, guys. Yeah. Um, so so uh, just so that you know, um, all shows will be recorded and put out in a podcast. So this show is being recorded. Um, they're uh, available to listen again on the website. Is that yes. right? The website is all back to Bowie's. Wait a second. Is that Bowie's? Bowie's? Uh, is that how you pronounce that? Bowie's. All back to Bowie's. Can I just maybe, maybe we could have a mini referendum here. I think so. So <laughs> if you would say Bowie's, if you would say yes to Bowie's, would you put up your hand? Or shout yes. Oh, Ooh, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Ah, so if you would say no, it's Bowie's. Yes. Hey! Everybody else. Definitely. That was are, a are no there, are there any Are there any undecideds out there who just feel they haven't got enough detail yet? <laughs> that was your. Uh, Right, brilliant. Uh, yes. Um, okay, so yes, this one is, um, this today's session is Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am, looking at gender politics in an independent Scotland and the Indie Ref. Um, and it's worth noting as well that we will have a specific uh, session later on in the month on women in independence, so we're, we're trying to cover a bit of a broader spectrum. And that one's called Suffragette City. Suffragette City on Wednesday the 20th. <laughs> uh, and Kirsten will be hosting that one as well um, so we may not have time for any audience questions during the show we've got quite a lot to get through if I'm looking at this it's not because I'm checking Twitter it's just because I'm checking the time because I don't own a watch um, and so we'll be trying to sort of move through things quite quickly um, but we are really interested in your responses well to all the themes of all the shows in All Back to Bowie's Boys um, and so um, we're collecting some research for the National Library of Scotland, is that right? Yeah, we're asking people stuff, like the, the, the stuff, we're asking people to write stuff which we were all collecting together when we were in a guest book, when we were guest book that's going to the National Library of Scotland. What he said. <laughs> so, um, so basically there's, um, there's some paper, is that right Sarah? There's paper and going, going to be put around and if, is that right? Yes. So if, um, throughout the show, if you'd like to complete the sentence, an equal Scotland is for us and give it back to us that would be fantastic and we'll collect all of those yeah. um, sentences David uh -huh. just to say we can hand out paper but if you've got any 
sheet of paper of your own and a pen. Just, uh, just it's great to have it all on your own. Uh, just a back of a flyer, anything, and Sarah will collect it uh, towards the end of the show. Brilliant. So. You heard that as well. So, um, an equal Scotland is dot dot dot. If you could complete that sentence. So, just to take you through what uh, today is going to look like, we've got a mix of music, uh, discussion, poetry, and uh, hopefully some gentle dreaming. I like that. Some gentle dreaming. It says on our website. I'm, I'm, I would encourage all of you to dream a bit gently. Um, and uh, so, we've got an amazing panel for you today. I'm, I'm really very impressed about this. Um, Kate Higgins. Um, uh, blogs as Bird's Eye View and is one of the co-founders of Women for Independence. Harry Giles is a poet and performer and is nominated for the Edwin Morgan Award and he, um, he can be found at harrygiles.org. And Nadine, who tweets at Pasta Chips, is um, an activist who's currently involved in sex workers' rights activism particularly, um, especially with Edinburgh charity Scott Pep and um, the Sex Workers Open University. And... Other than the panel, we've also got a poet, Rachel Amy, who's a poet and spoken word, and she's um, going to be sharing a poem or two with us today. Uh, playwright uh, Joe Clifford, who's one of one of Scotland's best best playwrights working today, I would say, um, will also be delivering our um, our provocation and polemic. Um, is now a good time to plug Joe's show, or should we plug Joe's show a little? We'll plug it all the time. Yeah, we'll plug we'll plug it twice. So. <laughs> Here's a flyer for Joe's show, um, which is uh, at Art Space at St Mark's, and uh, that's the Gospel According to Jesus, Queen of Heaven, and that's until the 23rd of August. And to kick the whole thing off, I'd like to invite up to the stage Gordon McIntyre, who is from Bull Boy, to start us off with a song. Hello. Who knew that David Bowie's house was so uh, lo-fi? <laughs> and who knew it was here? I didn't know that. Has anybody not made their mind up yet? Can't just be me, right? Can't just be me. That's the only one I'm asking. I'm not asking where you're going, but if you haven't made your mind up yet, then uh, this song's not going to help at all. That's, it's not its job, it's just to be a nice song. This is a song about a couple, whether real or metaphorical and whether people or countries is up to you to decide but anyway it's about hardship and love and hope I think I don't care if you make me sad you are all I've got you are all I have I don't care if I make you sick we have made our choice and we're stuck with it but someday girl these clouds will burst and golden rays will fall on us We will have a moment in the sun Before the rain comes down Other people say they are done with us That we're not worth all the bother and fuss They say our bones have turned to dust And now the rain comes down but we've got pockets full of stones And we've walked long forgotten roads And we've learned things they'll never know Before the rain came down I have coins on my eyes 
But someday, girl, these clouds will burst And golden rays will fall on us We will have our moment in the sun Before the rain comes down Before the rain comes down Before the rain comes down Gordon McIntyre, everyone. Thanks very much, Gordon. Now I'd like to invite up to the stage uh, Joe Clifford, poet and playwright, to uh, pl a playwright and performer, to give us a polemic. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. I'm also a very proud father and a very proud grandmother. Just for the record, the, fir the first time I came to Scotland, it was uh, 1968. I was 17 years old. I was a very lonely boy. I was in exile from my country. And I say exile because that's how it felt. Scotland felt like a completely different culture, country from the place I'd grown up in, from England. And I was lonely and I was carrying a great big shameful secret. The secret I was carrying was that I wanted to be a girl. That I really didn't like being a man at all. And I can't say the secret I was carrying was that I was transgender because I didn't know I was transgender. That word did not exist at that time. Who I was, as far as I could tell, was completely unique and uniquely horrible and uniquely shameful. And I honestly thought that if anybody discovered who I really was, the shame would kill me. That was where I was at. And in a strange kind of a way, Scotland was in a pretty similar situation way back then in 1968, Scotland had a really low opinion of itself. Scotland really didn't think much of itself at all. And everything that was interesting wasn't happening in Scotland, it was happening somewhere else. It was happening down in London, or it was happening in Paris, or it was happening in New York. It wasn't happening in Scotland. But what had happened to me was that I had been very thoroughly repressed. And when you get repressed, you take on board, you internalise all the shit that people tell you. That's why I thought I was so crap. That's why I thought I was such a terrible person. And it was impossible for me at that stage to imagine that I would ever be able to live openly as a trans woman or that I would ever, still less, that I would have a show on in the fringe about it or even that I would be able to stand up in front of you shamelessly and say, look, this is who I am. Thank you. And that kind of feels like a miracle to me. But also, way back then, it would have been impossible to imagine that Scotland would ever have a parliament of its own, or that Scotland would ever be in a position where now, in September, next month, we would be voting on whether we want independence or not. That would have seemed inconceivable. And you see, what happens when you get repressed is that bit by bit, if you're lucky, you're able to recover from it because you're hiding yourself. It feels too frightening to be yourself. But bit by bit, as you recover, the pain involved in hiding becomes unbearable. And you need to start to come out and show the world your true face. 
Scotland is in that position now too. And the fact that I've been able to do it is in part because Scotland is one of the best countries in the world to be LGBT, to be lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgendered. And that's something we should be very proud of because that represents a profound revolution in the human spirit. That's an unprecedented change in what it means to be male and what it needs to be female. And that's something that this planet really needs. This planet really needs Scotland to express that fully. It's true of countries and it's true of individuals. Every single one of us here has got something to give the world that no one else can give. I say in my play, we, we all have a light inside us. And sometimes it's the very thing we've been taught to be most ashamed of. And if you have a light, do you hide it in a closet? No. You bring it out into the open where everyone can see it and be glad it exists to shine in the world. And Scotland has a light. Scotland has something that no other country in the world has. Scotland has a light and it's desperately important that Scotland lets it shine. It's time for us, people like myself, to come out and it's time for Scotland to come out and that is what is happening this year. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen. Um, so we're going to invite our panel up to the stage just now. Um, actually, I'm just going to I'm just going to say again the gospel according to Jesus, Queen of Heaven, at Art Space at St Mark's. Art Space at St Mark's until the 23rd, and as you can hear, it's very well worth attending. Uh, we're going to invite our panel up to the stage just now. I should say that one of our house rules is that we're not. Um, asking any of our panel or any of our performers whether they are yes or no. If they want to say that, that's, that's absolutely fine and up to them. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to push that point. So, ladies and gentlemen, Kate Higgins, Harry Giles and Nadine. I think we should, yeah. yeah. Uh, so first of all, we would like to invite um, let's say our three first panellists, <laughs> to um, if, if they'd like to respond to, uh, to anything Joe said. So if we just kind of take it in order, Kate, Nadine and, and Harry, if, if that's all right. So um, if any of you've got any responses to Joe's polemic, we'd love to hear them. Just to agree whole, wholeheartedly, um, quite interested in what Joe had to say about Scotland being one of the best countries um, to live in if you're LGBT, because... That may be true of Edinburgh, I'm not so sure it's tr so true of Lark Hall or Stranraer, where I'm from. Um, so, um, but quite interesting what, what, what makes you think that. And, um, but absolutely, 
wholeheartedly agree. It absolutely is time for Scotland to come out and and to be a country in our own right and not be in any other um, countries or um, shadow, effectively, and to stand on our own two feet. And that maybe gives the game away a wee bit about the fact that I'm a yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, ju I just found that very moving. Um, I'm not sure I necessarily got a more extensive response to it right now. Um, I think the thing for me is I, I really like this idea of... Uh, I'm a bit soppy sometimes. Sometimes I'm quite cynical about it, but I am a bit soppy, and I like the idea of everybody having a light um, inside them and every, every country having a light, every nation having a light, every people having a light that, that needs to be expressed. Um, one thing I quite like saying about um, the independence movement, uh, partly because it sounds a bit obstreperous, is that, that Scotland isn't particularly special in any particular way. I think there's a lot of things that we're great at and there's a lot of things that we're good at, but we're not, we're not uniquely better at any particular equality thing. We're not uniquely special um, in any particular social justice struggle. Um, and for me, I like the idea of trying to uh, connect my own kind of personal liberation to these forms of democratic struggle. For me, the getting my light out there and, and learning about my own light and learning about this nation's light is inextricably linked to uh, lighting up everybody else as well. And there's absolutely no way for me that Scotland can have its own light and that Scotland can shine unless that's intrinsically linked to every other national struggle and every other struggle of people as well. Maybe, Joe, you might, uh, might respond as well to your... I'll respond to my own polemic. Well, actually, just, 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 just to respond to your point, um, the, there is an organisation, that um, a Europe-wide organisation, that looks after LGBT rights, and it's done a survey of countries in the world. There's a map, you can find it online somewhere, that shows which countries are the, are the best for LGBT rights and which countries are the worst. And Scotland is, I think, number two, possibly. Um, and it's quite objectively done in terms of legislation, workplace protection, and so on. And the fact that it is still very unsafe in so many parts of Scotland um, to be yourself is, is an indication of how far we have to go. I mean, Edinburgh is actually can be a very unsafe, unsafe place. When I, when I walk the street, as I walk the streets here, as I took the bus here, it was quite important that nobody read me as transgendered because if they did, they would have felt perfectly obliged almost to say something unpleasant and hurtful about me in my presence because that's the way the world is. Um, and it's a very, very important thing that we keep resisting and we keep coming out and saying, hello world, here we are. Um, I've got a quote that I'd like to offer up as, as a wee provocation to our panel now. Uh, and it's by the novelist Ali Smith um, from an interview. I think, and she's talking about her experience of breaking through as a, a lesbian female voice into the Scottish literary establishment of the 1990s. And um, what she said was, Scottish writers had got so used to establishing themselves as something separate from English literature that they perhaps forgot there were other forms of difference um, apart from that. And I'd just be interested to hear if our panel had thought there were any parallels in this to the independence debate at the moment. So maybe... Should we just go keep Nadine, Harry, Joe again? That works. Yep. Um, I think she makes a fair point about how in the drive and in the debate about our constitutional status, 
um, there is a tendency on both sides to kind of homogenise us all and that we are kind of one Scotland and that we are not um, whole different shades of colour and tone and people and difference. Um, and actually, that's a shame because our difference is actually our strength. Um, I mean, I'm very aware of it, even um, marginally being um, a rural child, um, grew up as a rural child living in urban Scotland and, and how ignored rural Scotland very often is um, from, from the debates. Um, but also as a lone parent, um, and I have been both my boys' entire life, that's quite a marginalised place to find yourself um, in lots of respects as well. And some of these nuances of who we are and, and the fact, you know, we're very proud of the fact that we're all Jock Tamsons Bairns, but we don't really kind of pick that apart to actually celebrate all the elements that make us Jock Tamsons Bairns, but also make sure that we are looking out for each other. Um, there is a tendency to kind of drive everything into the middle. Okay, that's fine. Mate. Um, are we coming back to you after? Okay, okay. Um, I, I totally agree with everything that you were just saying about about mm, people being pushed into the middle and, and masking difference. I think one of the manifestations of that is um, a fear of um, criticism within the Yes movement, a fear of uh, divisiveness of any kind. Uh, within the Yes movement, and especially as it gets more heated and as we're only six weeks away, this appeal for everyone to just to just get in line behind the Yes vote, that we all need to be campaigning together for a Yes vote, um, and that tends to piss me off. Uh, for me, the way that this movement can be strongest is, um, and it is a movement that I'm part of, is, uh, is by being as, as divisive as possible, uh, incessantly, as much as it likes, I feel like the more arguments that we have and the more people can find some form of strong representation within this movement, and that counts for women, that counts for queers, that counts for everybody who experiences some form of marginalisation, um, the more people can see themselves within this movement, then the more people are likely to vote yes. If we continue to try and peddle some idea of a unified, homogenous, single yes, that's going to exclude and marginalise more people and actually decrease the vote that we want. Like to add as, uh, as well in that uh, picking up what Harry said that um, there is a sense as well um, that we have to set aside all the other struggles and all the other inequalities to focus on on this one and um, and while I would absolutely say for those of us who are pro yes that this is the priority for the next six weeks can everybody just park their lives and everything else and just work towards this that would be great but um the, um, but there is a, has been a tendency about kind of to dismiss everything else as somehow secondary. Whereas actually, I agree with Harry. We need to we need to fight all the battles and win them. And um, and for me, um, being probably quite controversial, um, to me, being standing for independence as I have all of my life has been about anti-establishment. It's about sweeping away all the injustices and and starting again with a fresh state. 
and that's what makes the establishment and those institutions that hold all the power and keep all the rest of us on the margins so nervous of Scotland voting yes. And so I think it's really important that we don't sideline or second tier issues to do with gender and sexuality and difference at all, they have to be brought into the middle because they're a key part of the debate about the kind of Scotland we want to be. Um, it's a funny thing, isn't it, about uh, capitalism, which is supposed to be about individual expression and freedom, is that it, everybody more or less, more and more, becomes exactly the same. Um, and there's a great fear of being different. And one of the great advantages, I guess, of being trans is that I was forced to be different. Uh, I didn't have any choice in the matter, and I had to deal with it. That's the, that's the great thing about being queer in any way. You, you have to find yourself. Um, and um, I think it's a great strength in Scotland. Scotland has to find herself. Can I... Uh, did, you want, did you want to respond? No. Can I just ask... Uh, well, it sounds for for the for the majority of you um, that that the, certainly the the discussion around independence, um, if not the yes movement itself, are is a place that is welcoming of of trans and queer and and women's voices. Or or do you think that is so? And if um, if it is, if you do agree with that, what is it that, that that space offers? And if you disagree with that, what is it that 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 space needs to offer? I mean, I was sort of shaking my head there because there's one particular website where trans people are not welcome at all, in which, uh, you know, in which our existence is actually denied. And um, so the, 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 the prejudices exist everywhere, and everywhere we have to keep fighting them. Yeah, and um, I would say as well that uh, as one of the co-founders of Women for Independence, um, we didn't wait... Um, for the official campaigns um, to kind of forget about us or marginalise us. We just got on and set up ourselves um, because we kind of knew that that would be what happened. And that's effectively what we've had to do. I mean, we've had to, you know, call out the media. We've had to call out the the mainstream campaigns, the mainstream parties for, for not including women. I mean, the number of... Um, publicly funded research programmes that have been operating for the chattering classes through universities and um, programmes. If you go and look at any of their programmes and why they think it's acceptable in the 21st century to be running panels of um, people, uh, what I would call pointy heads, um, uh, and not include a woman in that, you know, but they have been running all the way through for the last two years. The media, I mean, we, we kind of... We we created, it was Leslie Riddick who did it, but there was a group of us involved in it, set up a site to get, because they kept saying, oh, we never know any women to bring on. We never know, we, can, we don't know any women with any opinions. Like, where have you been living? <laughs> it's like... So we, we helped them out and we did a website of all the women we could think of with lots of opinions. Um, and, but we still have to keep doing it. And, and there is this thing about why is it acceptable? Why, why does gender balance amount to two men and, oh, my God, have we got a woman? You know, why is it always two men and one woman? You know, why can't we have a panel full of women? That, you know, that, they would have to lie down in a darkened room to think about that one. So, so we really had to fight for our place in this debate, but we did it, and we knew we would have to, so we just got on and did it. And I think we've been really successful, because the other thing that we've done really well, I think, is enabled women who've never been involved in active politics to find a safe space for them to come forward and campaign and get involved. I had two women yesterday came along to our drop-in cafe, had never done anything like that before. It's still happening, and to me, it's one 
one of the best things about this independence campaign, that people have been enabled through the spaces that have been created to get involved in politics, and that's just amazing. Um, I actually think it behooves me to add nothing to that. So. <laughs> that's all. I just got handed the microphone. <laughs> Um, well, I suppose what we could what we could start off. I mean, we've asked we've asked the audience to have a think about the sentence "an equal Scotland is," um, and while we'd like you all to respond with with kind of the one sentences that we can we can put in, um, perhaps I'd just like the panel to have a wee think about, you know, what your hopes for a future Scotland are, and if you want to touch on, you know. How, how that relates to this current campaign or how that relates to your work or position in or outside of it, um, that'd, be really, that'd be really interesting. So um, is anybody feeling particularly inspired to start off? Harry, you've got the mic. Um, uh, okay, I may as well. Um, so, so, that, so this Equal Scotland thing, I don't know when it quite kicked off, um, but it's the hashtag that's being used by a new um, government-backed uh, diversity public awareness campaign, OneScotland.org. It's very, very nice. It's all... Um, uh, mobile accessible and all of that stuff. Uh, I saw it on a train station. Scotland believes in equality. And I thought, aye, but does it though? Um, does it? Uh, and and I, was looking through the, I was looking through the website um, this morning uh, and there's a, statement at the, there's a statement at the top of it saying that Scotland as a country believes in, in that nobody should be discriminated against on the basis of uh, gender and sexuality and race and ability and all of this stuff. Um, and as my friend Darcy pointed out to me, um, that's just what it has to legally do uh, as, as part of the European <laughs> Union. Like, that doesn't say anything. And it's entirely clear to me. I mean, it's all right. You know, it's nice, one Scotland. It's nice. It's all right that the, the Scottish government is putting some money into doing this. But of course, it's, of course it's doing it now to marshal as many Liberal votes for independence as it can. Of course it's doing it now um, to say um, Scotland is this lovely, nice, inclusive, welcoming place. So, so let's do it. And England's not like that. So let's, let's separate and we can be nice and inclusive by ourselves. And look, OK, I, I, am, I am voting yes. I'm voting yes slightly grudgingly but I think um, uh, and I do because I think that yes is a strategic move to make all sorts of struggles for equality a little bit stronger for this short period of time but I don't think that that's inherent to Scotland I don't think that's inherent to this particular piece of land or this particular group of people I think it's something that a particular political situation and all sorts of different people um, campaigning and struggling continually for the last few decades have built a particular political situation where that's the case and the only way that that stays the case is if they continue to struggle for it now and during independence and after independence because you can be damn sure they won't bother doing a One Scotland campaign and an Equal Scotland campaign after the independence referendum because they won't need to to get the votes anymore. They're not... I, I, I just don't think they're my friends as much as they might want to be. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I feel really scared about what's going to happen after the referendum um, because as someone who's involved in like sex worker rights uh, there's kind of been about an 18 month 
pause where the SNP wouldn't put through any legislation that further criminalises sex workers because the whole debate is very uh, explosive and toxic and they didn't want to get into that in the run-up to the referendum. Um, so when the rest of the panel were talking about like inclusion and equality and that kind of thing, I was sort of thinking um, about sex worker rights issues and in particular, for instance, um, this week uh, in Parliament, Rhoda Grant, who's a MSP who um, is continually pushing to further criminalise um, sex work and sex workers, uh, she held a meeting um, about like an initial like kind of policy discussion meeting about like how she's going to do this imminently-ish. Uh, and she specifically excluded um, Scotland's two sex worker-led organisations from the meeting, um, which is obviously bollocks. Um, <laughs> like, we are, the, we are the people who will be affected by the legislation that she wants to bring in, um, and she deliberately doesn't want to hear from us, which really tells you all you need to know about, like, like she speaks the language of equality, but it's not at all about welfare, it's not at all about human rights. And she knows that perfectly well, and she just doesn't want to have to say it to our face, because that would be awkward for her. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of uh, what, I'm, what I'm thinking of in terms of um, an independent Scotland. I'm, I'm really hopeful that it will be, um, that it will be less, less shit, because at the moment, like, there's a lot of like, police Scotland um, are are really shit to sex workers and there's no democratic accountability for that and there's no any other kind of accountability for that. Um, when when uh, Joe was talking about Scotland being one of the best places in the world to be LGBTQ, uh, it, um, it absolutely definitely is in terms of like the direct legislation, but I think there's also forms of indirect legislation that criminalises people who are more, for instance, sex workers are more likely to be LGBTQ. So when we're forced to work in conditions that are unsafe, that's a form of the state criminalising LGBTQ people as well as directly sex workers. Um, so... Yeah, like it's kind of it's it's scary. I guess it's also hopefully good, and Scotland will do the good right thing and like be less shit to sex workers. I hope. I think so, sorry, Joe. I think that like everybody else. Um, I I I grew up in a in an SNP family. Um, it's kind of. You know, I will not bore you with tales of my, my childhood. You might want to section me, actually, the number of boring meetings I had to sit through and rallies that I had to go on. But, but as I got older, I, I got I'm active after my son was born um, and because I kind of looked at him and I thought, I don't want him to have to face the choices that I, that I faced. I chose to stay in Scotland when I graduated and suddenly three quarters of the job opportunities and career opportunities were closed off to me because I wasn't prepared to go to London because we didn't have a burgeoning economy to offer graduates. And, you know, I'd been homeless before he was born. Um, I'd seen struggle in a different way. And I looked at him and I thought, I don't want you to have to have these kind of fights. So that's why I got, got really active. And now he's 22. And um, and he's doing great, um, but I look around. I work um, 
uh, for a children's charity and I look around at the inequality that exists for children and I think children actually are one of the groups who have been utterly marginalised and made voiceless by this debate and it's their future more than any of ours in this room and nobody has done anything to ensure that their voices and their views are being heard about what they would like to happen. Um, and in fact, some local authorities, naming West Lothian, actually banned um, any school debates at all or anything um, happening in their local authority, which is just outrageous. So for me, it's about children, but for, when it's about children, it's also about women then. And if you look at what's happened with Westminster in the last um, 10 years, um, or sorry, since the, the financial crash in 2008, um, women and children have borne the brunt of austerity. And because they are powerless and voiceless, where is the noise about that? Where, where are the stories in the papers, day in, day out? We are seeing it now about food banks. But there are women and children struggling to get by, and it's getting worse and not better. And for me, I'm not, independence by itself is not a panacea. We've heard about lots of things that still need to change. We will have to work hard at it, but it's our only chance. It's our only chance of changing things because if we think the next UK government is going to change anything, whatever colour it is, it's not. The system is not set up to change, to care about what happens to the most vulnerable in our society, women and children. One of my heroes... Um, female polit political heroes is Barbara Castle because she brought in child benefit paid to women. She brought in the Equal Pay Act. The Equal Pay Act has been enforced for 40 years and women still are inching along, earning 12% less than men. I'm tired of waiting for change to happen. I want to be involved in making it happen to make a better Scotland for, for this generation of women, but most importantly, the next generation coming. And that's for me what equality is about. Gosh, I so agree with all that, and I so agree with what you were saying about sex workers too, because so many trans women here and around the world are forced to work as sex workers because of the appalling discrimination in the job market. Um, uh, but, I, but I don't agree with being cynical. Um, I, 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 I don't know why I keep feeling hopeful, but partly I feel hopeful because when I transitioned at work, uh, I knew that my job was secure, thanks to legislation. And partly because when I walk down the street, if I do get abused, I know that that abuse is now illegal and that I can go to the police and that there is a police liaison officer in Edinburgh that I can talk to about it. And those kind of things make a huge difference. And I am hopeful that if I vote yes, that if the yes vote wins, there is at least a tiny chance that instead of living in a country that disgusts me and makes me ashamed, which is what is happening in Great Britain just now, I can live in a country that I can feel part of. I can live in a country that I can begin to feel proud of. Thank you all, that's so brilliant. We're going to be um, moving on away from the panel in a moment, but we thought it might be nice to, to give you the opportunity for any final thoughts, if there's anything we've not covered that, you've, that you might want to bring up with again, or if there's any, um, you know, if you've got any gifts of sound and vision that you might want to share for an independent Scotland. See what I did there? Um, or any policies that you might like see being coming into, uh, into action, anything like that. This is your, the panel's chance to share with us. Oh, 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 
so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I I like hope to I'm not gonna get into like a little little battle of hope versus cynicism because that's that's a hiding to nothing and and we all have different engines that drive us. Um, I particularly like the the cynical engine. It just works for me. Um, what I do want. Um, what I do, I, is that funny? Good. I'll, I'll log that. That's logged. Future power. Okay. Uh, buying time to actually see something useful. Um, what is important to me is uh, realism, whether that realism is driven by uh, hope or cynicism or whatever about what it's going to take to build the kind of Scotland that we want. And I do, I do believe that a yes vote is, is a move that helps us build that kind of Scotland a little bit better. And I have a lot that I want that kind of Scotland to be. I want that kind of Scotland to be somewhere where diverse and radical struggles continue, where the energy, the political energy, the public debate, the discourse, the, the level of, of conversation that's happening at every community level continues and deepens and grows and keeps its energy, whether it's a yes vote or a no vote, that energy keeps and builds the kind of struggle um, that will make the changes that we want. The vote might win us some things in the short term, but in terms of equality, whether that's gender equality, sexuality equality, whether that's, whether that's struggling against capitalism, whether that's struggling against border control, all of that won't be won just by a vote. It will be won by us continuing to struggle and working for that before, during and after independence as well. Yeah, I kind of feel like I didn't have anything to add to that. That was, yeah, that was great. Okay, I'm um, keeping up the theme then. On 18th of September, I think everybody in Scotland um, has the chance to be a hero. And we can be heroes. <laughs> it's going to be done. We're sitting in his yard after all. But not just for one day. Hey! Uh, I, uh, I want to live in a country where it makes sense to dream. Where it makes sense to dream of a better world. Thank you. Thank you so much to our panel. I'd just like to remind the audience that we're still looking interested in hearing your thoughts on what an equal Scotland is. If you've got a wee piece of paper and a pen, you want to complete that sentence for us. Um, and Sarah's just waving some paper at the back. We'd love to hear them and we'll be connecting them and hopefully hearing some of them back before the end. But thank you so much to our panellists. Harry Giles, um, Nadine, who tweets his pasta chips, Kate Higgins and Joe Clifford. Thank you all so much. Thank you very much. So um, now I'd like to introduce up to the stage, while you're thinking what an equal Scotland is, um, to uh, the stage Rachel Amy, who is a poet and spoken word artist, and her website, should you be interested, is rachelamy.com. That's A-M-E-Y. Here you go. I'm going to do two poems. Um, one is about heroes. You mentioned heroes. Heroines, how we learn who our heroines are. It's about the past and it's called feminine hygiene. We've sanitized the past, knees together, given ourselves a new look way past 47, drawing lines up the back of our legs to oblivion. 
Not a communist amongst us, lest we were posh and therefore forgiven. Not a political thought since Pankhurst, apparently, and her a terrible mother, so they say. Did you know they burnt down churches, the suffragettes? Oh, yes. All in the name of democracy. It often appears to have been unclean, the means by which we set ourselves free. The hunger strike was female, by the way. I think that we invented it because its origins are not well documented. Besides, we've been doing it for years though the jailers have retired. The cat and mouse of dieting is all that is required. But I digress. Constance Markovich, first female UK MP, couldn't take her seat. Too dangerous, you see. No, really. Uprising, Easter 1916. She was still in jail when they came to call out her name. And now commentators, teachers are careful to repeat. Lady Nancy Astor, the first female UK MP to take her seat. It's not a lie, it's the truth disguised, paint, applique, deodorise. We're busy pressing transfers on rents in pristine sheets, washing doubts with borax down spotless kitchen sinks. Be careful when we choose to discuss handbags and shoes. We're not being sold an old story and told that it's new. Passing round homemade crochet patterns to make a new set of chains, waiting for the pretty lady with a magic wand to set us free again, while I, Bagsy, be the 13th fairy. And I'd like an invite quick, or we're sleeping, girls, we're sleeping. In whose interests do you think we're keeping a powder puff of history in a neatly beribboned box, parading brave but suitable heroines and scrubbing out the faces of those who are not? Oh, come on. I bet some of those witches were bitches. Misunderstood herbalist healers, my arse. We reclaim nothing, nothing, if we only sieve gold from the past. Thank you. I'm not advocating burning down churches, but I am advocating not masking difference and making the way in which we can make change nice. This one's for the future, and it's called Beauty and a Beast. There was an article in The Guardian recently saying just because we have a binary question, yes, no, for the referendum, doesn't mean we have to have a binary debate, and we don't really have to have binary anything. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty rules the roost, baking cakes and flouncing around in gingham. The Beast works in the city, glamorising his commute and the long, stale days. The castle echoes with footsteps and the sound of singing, singing and the soft tap, tap of Beauty's expensive satin slippers. Beauty keeps the brown and overdue rose which she stole to keep her there. The Beast believes he is a prince once more, she does not disabuse him. He longs for an heir, buys presents. She is afraid, worms away from his touch. The castle grows bigger. His beauty shines. Her beast increases daily. He takes to gingham and making rose petal confetti. She swaps the slippers for leather boots and goes to work in the town. And the beauty beast is born holds out strong pale arms, puts slippers on clawed and furry feet, works in the city from home, makes sculptures of a rose prince for the garden. They make a garlanded swing for the family and sit, moving softly in the summer shadows. A fox comes to watch them and turns away in peace. Thank you.
Rachel Amy, ladies and gentlemen, and you can see some more of Rachel's poems at the National Collective uh, Fringe show, which is happening at the Storytelling Centre every evening. What time at, Rachel? Do you know? No. You guys can Google. It's fine. It's fine. Um, we've got a wee bit of time that we'd like to invite three people from the audience who might have already written their, their sentences to possibly, if you want to pop your hands up, and equal Scotland is. Not a single one of you. Go on. Yeah, we can just collect them all in at the end. That, that's no, that's no problem. Yeah. You can still add it into the, the big bowie hat afterwards. Big bowie hat. Day three in the big bowie hat. For the purposes of the podcast, Rachel has just picked one from random, at random, <laughs> in random, randomly. <laughs> oh, and that was, who was that? That was Nadine picked one randomly, <laughs> at random. Oh, Harry, Harry, right. Harry's was an aesthetic choice, everyone. It's this one. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> right, shall I read one and you read one? Why, don't, why not? Okay, an equal, an equal Scotland is a pipe dream. Start by understanding the differences between democracy and capitalism. An equal Scotland is about the liberation of everyone, underlines human potential. An equal Scotland is one where children grow up feeling like they are endless, that there are endless possibilities when it comes to sexuality and gender and feeling free to experiment with these without any risk of discrimination. This can be achieved with much greater importance put on sex and gender education for all. Thank you so much. Um, these will all be, that were three random picks, they'll, they'll all be put into the archive at the National Library of, for Scotland. And um, we'd like to, for, before we say thank you to everyone, to invite Gordon up, yes, to give us a final number. I groan. <laughs> this is called a relatively famous victory. Um, come the 19th, I guess it'll be one or the other.
We have nothing to fear Even fear itself Has been defeated now They say But the sorrow Is that you'll never know My love It doesn't stop It never ends And now the night is closing in when we have victory, a famous victory in our sights. So we drink ourselves stupid in the undergrowth. We drink ourselves stupid on the tennis court that's overgrown. In the private grounds of the crumbling house your parents own When we have victory, a famous victory in our sight Stolen wine in the afternoon and a thin white dress that the sun shines through And maybe, maybe this is what skin is for a secret look in a month of Sundays Private schools, ceremonies Never let you know And never let it show That I breathe the air when you walk by It's wider than my heart is wide It's a secret thing Just your breath and the cold dark air Spend the whole night on the lawn beside you Call us love if you want me to And we have victory, a famous victory in our sights We could live in Paris or London Build a cottage on a Scottish island and lie there and feel the waves attack the shore Feel the world press on our walls But we're not really there anymore And this, and this This is what our lips are for And we have victory A famous victory in our sights We have victory A famous victory our sights and breathe the air when you walk by it's wider than my heart is wide and this and this this is what our skin is for spend the whole night on the lawn beside you call this love if you want me to and we have victory a famous victory, I know We have victory A famous victory, I know Thank you very much, it's been a pleasure
thank you all so much. We're coming to the end of it. Uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you to all of our wonderful guests. Um, let's hear it for Gordon McIntyre from Bull Boy. For Jill Clifford, Queen of Hearts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just thought you were calling Joe the Queen of Hearts. Well, she's the Queen of my heart. <laughs> but yes, um, and remember the Gospel according to Jesus, Queen of Heaven, at Artspace St. Mark's until the 23rd of August. Thank you very much, Joe. Let's hear it for Harry Giles, who will be performing at NC Presents and other various performances and events around the festival. You can find out at harrygiles.org. Uh, to Nadine, and if you're interested in either of the um, in either of the, the charities that she mentioned there, those are Scott Pep and the Sex Workers Open University. Kate Higgins, who has a blog Bird's Eye View, and who also um, is active with Women for Indie, and that. <laughs> Um, and Rachel Amy, who will be at National Collective, presents uh, throughout the rest of the Fringe, sporadically. Um, so we're sorry we didn't get a chance to throw questions open to the floor, but we are going to be around for the next wee while, so if anyone wants to come and join us in the pub or the bar out there and, and talk about the finer details with any of us, that would be really yeah. welcome. Thank you all so much, and thanks to David Bowie Bowie! Yeah, and a man. I think we should thank a man. And a man. So uh, these are the sentences from show three. Uh, uh, our crowds are getting bigger, so our list of sentences is getting longer. But they're really fantastic, and I hope you do enjoy listening to them. Um, OK, so this one was, An equal Scotland is. An equal Scotland is less of a pipe dream than an equal UK. I doubt we'll create utopia, but it's worth a shot. An equal Scotland is a Scotland where everyone's rights are protected and everyone is equally represented. An equal Scotland is one where the autonomy of all is recognised with that of the young as paramount. An autonomy of all is a republic that embraces differences, looks after each other. An equal Scotland is an end to primogeniture. An equal Scotland is already underway. An equal Scotland is one in which all people regard each other as being of equal value and have equal opportunities. An equal Scotland is British too. Uh, there's an exclamation mark there, that's why I added the emphasis. An equal Scotland is more likely in an, in a, in an independent country, but not an isolatory one. An equal Scotland is a pipe dream. Start by understanding the differences between democracy and capitalism. An equal Scotland is about the liberation of everyone's human potential. An equal Scotland is one where children grow up feeling like there are endless possibilities when it comes to sexuality and gender and feeling free to experiment these, with these without any risk of discrimination. An equal Scotland is one where private schools aren't classed as charitable for tax purposes. An equal Scotland is an energising dream.